0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Drone Out. Tonight we are joined by Andrew Slash Frank. Hello. Not Andy RC, but Andy BMFA. (laughs) Good Good evening, everyone. everyone. Uh, everyone's Christmas calendar wish list. Sexy boy (laughs) NJ Tech.
1: (laughs) Good evening, everyone. Oh, I'm sure
0: I started lactating then a little bit. Uh, <laughs> my little Tony, Monstoe, and everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello, and I'm bright till I fly. Tonight <laughs> we are, and oh, too uh, late. Get the sparklers out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zero FBV, for donating Tony Light Sparkler. Oh
2: god, it's already started.
3: Um while while Tony's doing that, what I'll do is I will get yeah. I'm take... not put I'm not putting in my mouth. Um there this one's for you. Tony, you. Andy, let's let's kick off just with oh. uh what what do you get to fly at the moment, if anything? <laughs> um
4: currently <laughs> very little. I um I mean I've been flying RC uh, since about two thousand. And it's been sport, fixed wing and uh, sort of what you would call the traditional club models. Uh, joined my first club in 2000. Um, got involved in the club side of things, running things by mistake. I, over the years, forgot to step back when volunteers keep getting asked for. Uh, so after about three months being in the club, I was the club secretary. And then uh, a few months later, I was the area secretary. Uh, currently, my flying tends to be electric formies so that I can chuck in the back of the car. Um, or if I'm having you know, a day at BMFA Bookminster, for example, I have one or two here that I can pop out and have a fly every now and then. Uh, I have two multi-rotors. Um, the problem I have with them at the moment is um, there seems to be a button on my transmitter quite aggressively. Uh, but that, I think that's more... Or my incompetence and anything else so they are both uh, in under repair shall we say at the moment <laughs> so but uh no they're, they're grateful uh i enjoy flying anything to be honest uh, from you know over the years i've flown big back into, uh third scale world war one models a lot and it's just a great thing to be doing isn't it, it it's it's switching your brain off or just concentrating on one thing and enjoying it and that's you know, when you're working hard and you've got half a dozen things on your brain, you know, just half an hour just thinking of the
5: one thing its you know, relaxing, right? It? Yeah. And, uh, um, and Andy, what what is your current responsibility at the uh, BFMA for the people watching? Not because I forgot to read the show notes. Yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Beamer Face Club Support Officer.
0: Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Now, we. I mean, my deepest sympathy.
4: Um, cheers. It, it's actually endlessly entertaining, I've got to be honest. Um, I consider myself quite lucky uh, in that it's a very enjoyable, very varied job. Stop it or we'll no. lose Frank. All right, so falling asleep.
0: Sorry, Frank. No, um, no, no. I mean, he might join you rather than being tortured by us.
4: All right, well, c- come on over. You know, no. It's a good place to be.
0: <laughs> Frank, I swear to God.
4: i mean my primary sort of responsibility with the role is assisting clubs wherever they require assistance uh from helping with planning applications dealing with noise complaints um sadly and and all too often uh helping mediate with disputes um you know these things do happen unfortunately And, and so when, yeah. when you get a, a decent group of people around with differing opinions you know disputes happen
1: just just quickly on that so when you say disputes we're, we're not talking necessarily about between members of the public and the club we're talking about internally club mm-hmm. members etc yeah. Like uh, I mean sometimes it's
4: between the public and the club um, they tend to be noise related issues um, but no within a club you, you do get Uh, The odd fallout, as you do in in any group. Uh, It's not just model players; it's it's everything. Mm. I'm a a member of a cycling club, and the same thing happens. It's just life, isn't it? But uh, uh, as I say, it's endlessly uh, entertaining and varied, and uh, keeps me very very up.
1: Yes, I bet. So we can say we can safely say mediation's a, a, a substantial part of the job role. And substantial is probably
4: not the word I would use it, it is it is part of the job rule right. um you know I tend to be well i think I'm fairly good at it because I tend to be fairly calm and a very thick skin as well uh, so, you know, people think I'm fat. <laughs> um, so,
3: to, to back up a, just a couple of steps just because we've got uh, quite a few people uh, who might be recent to the hobby or might be not in the UK um, BMFA generally w- what is it?
4: <laughs> right the British Model Flying Association I'm uh, watching for I can bore the pants off you now for an hour if you like This is like my normal club talk <laughs> Um,
5: um
4: we are a v- well over 100 years so they been going in one form or another um but it's the it's the body recognized by people like the fai the royal Aero club uh the cea for governing. Uh, i'm going to say the sport of recreational and sporting model aircraft flying periods mm. um, of experience and kids of a an excellent track record of safe Operation by, by members, which is invaluable when it comes to uh, dealing with people like the CAA. You know, it, it's all about credibility, I
0: suppose. At the end of it, you're not lighting one for green patches, are you, Tony? That's Canadian Ruples They're not worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he doesn't realise he's muted because it sounded like he was eating packets of crisps.
3: In fact, thank you, Rob Britton, as well for your contribution. That was Green Pratch's
0: one. Sorry to interrupt, but it, it yeah, you will get you will get that, Andy. So safe operations. That's why we're getting regulated, <laughs> is it? Um, I think the primary reason, to be honest, we're getting regulated in media hysteria.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think we all know that. I think, uh,
1: definitely agree on that. You yeah. Know, any, anybody really, who
4: yeah. is always going to be responsible will be responsible and will abide by whatever re- regulations come in. Those that are determined not
3: will, you know, if, will, if we will leave, avoid them, won't they? If we leave diving into that for a, for a little bit to, to let people join so we're not going over
0: the same thing again later. Um... Yeah, I Sorry, <laughs> I thought I'd just chuck it in there. To... Jack's just trying to stir up trouble. Yeah, yeah I know. NJ, name three things that go on lists.
3: um anyway so moving back to the questions that our lovely patrons have sent to us um uh, so you were were talking about um clubs and mediating with clubs and all that sort of thing um because that's your speciality uh we had uh, a few people um asking um on, on one side of things um how can clubs or how are sort of bmfa helping clubs integrate uh multi-rotors into into clubs in you know into their environment um and on the other hand for people who haven't had much luck with their local clubs how can you start one of your own that's maybe a bit more multi-rotor friendly
4: right well there's there's two aspects of that So, so we'll take the first bit first in terms of integrating multi-rotors into general club flying, there's no difficulty at all. Uh, it's very straightforward as long as you've uh, got the space to do it, and everybody wants to be cooperative, work together, um, and where clubs are like that, it works very, very well. Um, I spend a lot of time actively encouraging clubs to embrace all aspects of what we do, um, but fully appreciate that at the end of the day what happens at a club and what activities take place has to be up to the club members. Um, you know that's the way it is. We wouldn't dream of going along to a club saying you must do this, you must accept this. That's not how it works and uh, certainly I would be happy doing that. Uh, so it, it's encouragement is, uh, is the way for pointing out a few facts that all multi-rotor flyers are hooligans that want to go around, you know, breaking the law. It, it, there's a small minority of people in all aspects of everything. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that... now, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the biggest problem we have now, it, it's never been easier to show the world that you have been a little bit silly. Um, and this is the problem. And people jump on that. Uh, and it does lead to a negative perception. Mm. Um, so it's hard work, you know, battling that. Because um, much of it's a social media problem. It's it's great it's social media, but it's a double-edged sword. It's great for getting information out quickly, but equally, there's so much misinformation gets out there quickly. Nobody knows what you know whether they read anything that's correct or
3: not. I think. Yeah. So, Peter, Peter Marshall was uh, who's one of our patrons specifically was asking because he'd seen about that. There's the multi-rotor. Certs, um the A certs and B certs, which are yes. kind of like the BMFA um, kind of uh, accredited competency kind of thing. Yes. Um. Uh. But he's he's trying to find a club that actually has the experience to be able to certify someone with the A and b or you know, even uh, just the A cert with the multi rotor. Mm-hmm. He's, he's kind of struggling to find anyone who's got that experience. How to right. well, well find a club like? Yeah. That? I'm...
4: I mean, they are a fairly recent introduction, Now, the multi rotor uh, certificates, the A and the B and across the basic proficiency um, certificate.
5: Um,
4: any BMFA examiner, whether it's fixed wing, multi rotor, helicopter, or silent flight, can actually take the A test. So there are thousands of examiners out there. Um, when it comes to a B test, um, fr- from a purely pragmatic approach, in it, the initial thing that we did was say, right, your helicopter examiners could act as the lead examiners. In a traditional way, shall say, if you wanted to take a fixed wing B, the lead examiner needed to be a fixed wing examiner. Um, until we have multi rotor examiners, which we are now starting to get, um, the sensible approach was for... Um, you know, your helicopter us to take it. Um, yes, we're aware and, that, and we know that there's been criticism that the, the tests are nothing more than the helicopter test rejigged. Um And, yeah, that that's a legitimate point. I'm not sure it's worthy of criticism. The tests do what the tests do. And I think it's important to recognise that the A and the B have always been for the... 40 years they've been in existence tests of the piloting abilities mm. um and i think what's happened with the technology you've now got um it's not the piloting ability that's the essential thing anymore there is there is a lot more involved um which is why we brought the basic proficiency certificates in which sort of did away with some of the requirements on the air in terms of him finding somebody to do his test what he does he drop me an email and we'll find him someone <laughs>
1: yeah I, I suppose um one of the reasons we we have that kind of shift in um uh when when you're talking about it not just being about the pilot well, i presume what we're talking about here is the fact that you've got um the, the crafts able to self-stabilize there's no kind of there's there's more control taken away from the pilot in terms of uh, moving the GPS coordinates, etc., that are all things that are fairly commonplace on drones. Um, whereas most helicopter, I know this is starting to become quite common for uh, fly by helicopters now to have similar technologies integrated into them too. Uh, have the tests updated for the helicopter side of where where that's now a thing? They
4: updated a few years ago. the The issue again there was, you know, the tests were designed to be test pilot and we were while of course the fly barless control we wanted to, have, have to find a way of, without shall we say and i don't want to be derogatory at all coming down tests were taken previously if that makes sense um so that um you know all the a and the b certificates carry the same value. um you know if you make a test easier which is Potentially, could have happened. Uh, you then devalue all the way, sort of thousands of t- certificates that are already out there. So we were very conscious of that. Uh, and and the way that worked for the helicopter air test was, uh, yes, you could use flybarless, but it should it's got to only be set to, you know, fulfil the role of that the flybar did. So if you know if it was starting to go to self-leveling or anything like that, it was outside the remit
5: of the test
1: yeah because then then i guess it's 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 a, a thing where it's then more about um almost sort of like pilots do checklist and decision making skills more than it is direct contact piloting skills yeah it's it's become for a lot of these in my view a
4: package thing now it's, it's, it's pilot electronics and aircraft whereas for years and years it's been pilot and aircraft Um, I mean, there's always been, and you're always going to have slightly grey areas. I mean, you could go back 10, 15 years and start talking about exponential and and things like that, uh, making it easier. You could argue, for example, for fixed wing, an aircraft with a lot more dihedral is a lot more stable than one without. Um, And it's a matter of finding sort of a happy balance where you've got enough achievement though. I mean at the end of the day it's an achievement
1: scheme well I mean to reference the ex- exponential uh, quote there I think the biggest problem we have or the challenge we face is that that we're on an exponential curve from a technology stance um in terms of the autonomy in terms of of you know more uh things being easier and easier for the you know let's say pilot I mean the, the fact of the matter is we can you can get people with with nearly no experience able to Get something to fly, um, and it will hold its position, and it will keep itself level uh, to the point where you, you're just pushing buttons on a smartphone. Even yeah, absolutely, uh, so, so that that is a, a real challenge moving forward, and I guess catch up on that has, has got to be uh, got to be fairly fairly high on the agenda.
4: Mm. No, I'm, I'm. I think keeping up with technology, you're almost always on a losing game on that. All you can do is try to keep up. But uh, you don't know what the next technological advancement is until it happens. And then you've got to go through a process of evaluating how you build that into like achievement scheme testing.
0: Thank um, you, so
4: I think um, it's clear that certainly for the A&B certificates, um, it is about pilot achievement. It always has been. I can't see things moving away from that. Mm. Uh, but we have recognised, I think, the extra technologies by introducing the basic proficiencies, uh, which allow people to come along, take a test if they want. I mean, they're all, from our point of view, always voluntary, always will be. There's no effect on insurance at all on these things. Uh, you're insured whether you've got them or not from our point of view. Mm. Um, so, but one thing I think what the achievement scheme has done over the years uh, has improved safety standards. Uh, you know, in my view, and I've seen it many, many times, uh, people that aim for the certificates in general, not always, because there's always exceptions, tend to be
1: uh, fair
5: for
1: yeah, uh, I think it, it uh, honestly I think it's it's no bad thing because I mean, for me, I've, I've been flying model stuff and uh, probably, I think it was around 1989 I started flying uh, fixed wing and then, you know, the five years later I started going on to to flying helicopters and helicopters is my main background and, and they're one of those things where you've you know you, you have to build them yourselves they're incredibly expensive to crash because back then there weren't simulators or anything to help you out everything was mechanical mechanical fly bars and you had to know that thing inside out and, and checklists were a big 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 part of of uh you know before you even fly the thing you had to check everything because there's so many single points of failure on a helicopter and it's something that's instilled in me when I build a multirotor, I fly multirotor, I always go through checking prop directions, making sure everything is mechanically sound, no dry solder joints. I'll always go through a mental checklist in my head. And I think encouraging people towards that kind of thing is never a bad thing anyway. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you've got statistics to back that up.
4: And it, of course, carries weight with the CAA. I mean, the very fact that we'll accept achievement scheme certificates people going for the pfco um you know shows that they hold it in some standing um and you know we'll probably be talking about regulation later so um, yeah. mm. we you know on the registration side of things
1: that's Sure, yeah, Andy. We, Harry, I'm Sorry, I'm sure you got my. Before we jump into
3: questions. that, um, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Clive FPV asked uh, how how do you go about starting a club? Um, ah. So uh, with the BMFA,
4: right? Okay. Well, well with the BMFA, it's very straightforward. You tell us you want to be a club. Uh, we'll send you some two paper two forms to fill in. You fill them in. You send them back. You're a club from our point of view. Uh, um, when um, it, For anyone
3: else who hasn't got a club near them, um, what's the benefit of of starting a club with the BMFA rather than just forming a Facebook group or having a casual meetup?
4: Yeah, for for an affiliated club, there are quite a lot of extra benefits that people tend not to think about. First of all, there's decades of experience and advice and build. Um, But uh, the big thing, I think, with membership of any association, especially what we do, primary thing people join is insurance Mm. um you know so as an affiliated club there are a lot of extra insurances that are fairly essential for clubs um, that they tend not you tend not to think about things like cover for your landowner for example um it's we are you know thankfully not as litigious as they are in the states but we're getting you know heading that way and what we've found uh, and more and more is that people will now make claims against as many people as possible, um, and so they may make a claim against a landowner, for example, or they they could make a claim against the whoever's the organisers are. I know, I know, quite often it, it's a dirty word, is committee. Um, but if you if you're on a committee of a club or you're one of the chief organisers, it, it is possible somebody could take. Uh, make a claim against you for the actions of another member of the club uh, on the basis that you've perhaps enabled their their actions. Yeah. So this is where the extra insurances come in. Yeah. So the, the landowners are covered. Uh, you know, if you flight, if it's an affiliated club, landowners are covered, whether that's MOD councils. Um, you've then got what we, it's uh, directors and officers cover which in effect covers all the members of the committee uh so if somebody does make a claim against you um you know the insurance is there and you're covered and um, there's other you know we have a club equipment uh, insurance and that's all part of of the benefits of affiliation so you've got up to ten thousand pounds worth of equipment covered so if you've if your ride on lawnmower gets stolen uh that's all covered and then the, the
3: other thing with with forming a, a new uh club um that a lot of people have been asking about cuz this also relates to uh, a miss misunderstanding i had of how clubs worked with the BMFA um uh, that's been long standing in my head was um about having a a site cuz uh, it's it sort of been passed down to me sort yeah. of word of mouth that it, it it was necessary to have a permanent site to become a, a BMFA club but by the sounds of it, that's not the case. That's
4: not the case at all. No, you can have. Uh, we've got many clubs actually that uh, um, have multiple sites, or, or they don't have their own fixed sites. Uh, classic being uh, slopes or in clubs.
5: Mm. Um,
4: but we have uh, more and more uh, multi-rotor drone racing clubs that have come on over the past couple of years, and they've got you know the defined site, you know for the event and do it that way. Which yeah. is another thing I forgot to mention, of course. Is the event insurance? Uh, you know, if you're an affiliated club and you're running an event, the insurance is in place for you. Um, you know, so they're they're very um, you know benefits that are worthwhile.
3: And what about uh, um, groups of people that are looking for a a permanent site? Can you? Because you were talking earlier about uh, helping with mediation, mm-hmm. can you help like? Go, people going up to the local council and saying can we
4: have a we certainly bio? can we, you know we can um, contact councils you know on on behalf of people looking for sites we do that quite regularly we work um you know and we liaise quite often with councils uh, one of the things that we do do whenever a council decides they want to introduce new bylaws uh, they have to run it by us uh, which is helpful i mean we, we can't always prevent you know, council's introducing them. Mm. But so a, a topic of a question, question then, covered. Yes. yes, well, we, we are, uh, <laughs> well, they've had a meeting today, haven't they? We have been in correspondence with them, uh, based on the news that came out last week. Um, how it will end up is too soon to say. But a similar thing happened probably two years ago in Bristol, you, you may recall, where they decided they were going to restrict all RC flying to one site in Bristol Pengrove um, they ran this by us, and while we couldn't get them to uh, accept RC flying of all forms, in, which includes drones, um, at all open spaces in Bristol, we did manage to get, persuade them into having two further areas, um, and that was, you know, well, it, it was. I went down, uh, met a few people from the council, we looked around the sites, and generally, uh, they'll be they'll be cooperative you know and he did say that if we became aware of further sites in the future that were suitable uh, they would consider adding them to the list of allowable places and I think it's uh, one of the things that we all need to do is accept that some places which just shouldn't be fighting anymore. Uh
5: so, some places aren't suitable and yet others are. So Andy in terms of the membership is it is it still steadily ground? Because what you mentioned social media early, earlier, and, and one of the things, I guess, that was traditional is that if you want to get into flying, you might go to a model shop, and you might then go to a, a club site and join a club and learn to fly that way. And nowadays, it seems like people will see a video on YouTube and they say, oh, I like the idea of that, and they'll find a website and they'll buy it, and they'll go out somewhere and they'll start flying. They might hook up with Facebook things and it, it kind of seems like in some way that this sort of the club experience is, is sort of missing there how, how are you getting those those new flyers into the clubs as well
4: yeah well i tell you where, where i am finding clubs are finding these people is through accepting drone racing to be honest i think especially the younger end um those clubs that have embraced that are and really noticing uh, an increase in members and a lot will move over to uh chelsea the more traditional uh, you know, activities that, that takes place at the club.
0: Well, you mean like wearing socks with sandals? <laughs>
4: Absolutely, yeah, and shorts, and you know, and drinking tea, not flying, and talking a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean Tony jo-
0: joined because at the age of uh, 378 AD, uh, they considered him to be young as well. So. <laughs> we
4: were all
3: young ones. <laughs> um, yeah uh curry's question actually leads quite nicely into a question from richard warwick um so kind of for for people who are you know not near a club or just you know fancy going around flying in you know sort of uh the remote spaces and and sort of they're just country members um what's kind of what's the big incentive there for um BM,
4: to be a bmfa member uh, the biggest incentive, I suppose, is the best insurance package available uh, for anybody flying RC in all its forms. Uh, it's proven, it's bespoke package. Uh, the levels of cover are better, than, you know, than you can get elsewhere. Not the cheapest, but you know, the best. Very rarely is. And
3: then, and then, following on from of that, there was quite a few people were picking up on after the, uh, you know, the, the Gatwick event and and the how you know a a certain couple were treated after that um mm. what is there any uh any coverage in terms of legal representation or any help that way
4: well the, the, the big problem we have <laughs> is <laughs> none of us have actually got much information to go on do we
5: mm. um
4: you know we don't know what the police came up with, and this is, this is the biggest problem about the whole incident, but all we can uh, talk about is basically what we see through the media, which as we know, isn't always particularly
1: accurate. Um, so the BMFA uh, haven't been at all consulted or spoken to about this incident that you have? Um,
4: we've uh, been in touch with the, it's the Surrey Police down there, isn't it? You know, we've been talking to them, they've actually contacted a lot of the clubs in the area um you know the uh the difficulty is nobody knows what happened there it, it's entertaining reading all the uh um conspiracy theories out there
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean we, we've we've covered the topic here mm. several times over several shows and yeah i, I, I guess mm. our, our our consensus yes thank you tony our, mm. our biggest consensus is is really the fact that you know 300 odd press down there stalking Gatwick for, for three days straight with their massive lenses and god knows what mm. else not a single picture it's just all a bit it's all a little strange but as you say yeah. media hysteria is probably the best summary mm. for now yeah i think i think it is I, th- I think you've also got to
4: be somewhat realistic
1: as well uh,
4: the Gatwick's a huge area um, you know a multi-rotor can be quite small Um, unless you happen to be looking at it, you know, if it's a mile and a half away, you're not going to see it no matter what lens you've got on. Um, You know, and, you know, all the
5: people in the airport weren't in a position where they were going to be able to see anything anyway. Sure, but I think we had what was described as 93 credible sightings. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which you think one of those would have said, I must must get a photo of that to show to people.
4: Yeah, well, sense. yeah, absolutely. You know how much you know depends what you call the credible title. Well, this
5: this is this is what the police yeah. turned out, so it could be anything.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I mean, my, my own, this is my own personal feelings. so don't take this as in any way official. I suspect initially there was some drone activity that Um and then of course once that gets reported, um, you know. Your next door neighbour's dog walking past with a flashing collar becomes a drone, and you know, and <laughs> how these things go. Um, uh, you know, to the point, and we even had it where it looks like the police drones have been reported as, yeah, unauthorized drone. Act. Um, so this is, you yeah, that's that. that
2: that's what happened, isn't it? The, yeah. the, the police were flying drones around, and then everyone starts reporting yeah. drones, and then exactly. I guess there's a communication issue. What I found interesting about the whole thing is that um, with Heathrow, they actually had a vi- video of it, yet yeah, they only closed Heathrow for an hour, but they closed Gatwick for, what, what was it, two days? It was thirty-six hours or something, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it see, it seems a bit sus. And then, I'm not, I'm not like into conspiracy theories myself at all. But Gatwick changed hands like a day later, didn't it? You yeah. Know, it's, it and, was, and they
0: were supposed to have a strike as well. There. Yeah,
3: they were going to have a strike on the twenty-first. It was, it was in the news
4: on the no- in November. And they were hacked. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: anyway,
4: that no, that no. I'm- Primarily, I was
3: amazed we
1: had enough tinfoil
4: left to do our turkeys at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, wins.
3: I think wins' question uh, was was more along the lines of because we've got the the registration coming in October, November, um, and and then we're kind of a bit worried that you know next time there's a Gatwick or Heathrow event, they're just going to look down the list and go let's let's have a go at these people um or uh, let's I'll...
2: speed up the process because i mean it's not meant yeah. to be happening until november next year and and like uh, all i'm seeing in the news is dr- uh, drone regulations need to it needs to be sped up it needs to be sorted now sort of thing mm. so so uh, yeah. has the has the BMF, bmfa had any like
4: sort of input into that Into the the drone bill, which um, I think has had its first reading. Yes, we're actually very fortunate that our chief exec, Dave, who was hoping to be with us tonight, but we can organise another session. uh, He's very well respected uh, where it matters. Um, And there is an all-party parliamentary group, uh, for General Aviation, which has a subcommittee for the aircraft um, um, and Dave has been invited to sit on that subcommittee, uh, and these are the people that are going to be dealing with the drone bill as it is. you know we're right in the heart of it um, you know with Dave we're very fortunate I know he's me boss and I'm gonna you know he's probably not listening because he's got a family <laughs> um, but, but he's, he's, very, uh, he's very modest uh, but I think we're very fortunate mm
2: what um what i thought was interesting is um the i don't know if you saw it was the 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 caa talk at uh, the nec drone show
4: yes I saw it, yeah. oh,
2: so- what it went it went on for like half an hour and it's i think i talked about it last week or the week before it you can go and watch it and um you know, because people when when people hear our registration and and you know tests and things like that sounds very scary. Um, what 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 they were actually saying is we want to make it as easy as possible, and it's literally literally just go probably. Well, the thing the thing is though, this was uh, this was like a week before the Gatwick incident, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's gonna have changed. But what they were saying, basically, is that they're, they're not really uh, that they're, they're not targeting hobbyists. What mm-hmm. they w- what they want to do is have this this online uh, test, but they, they want it to be a bit like the the test that DJI gives you on your phone before it'll let you fly a DJI model. Because, you know, they want they want like people, young people who are like 16 that will actually do the test because you know if you're a, a young younger person uh you know then and you see like you've got to answer 500 questions no, they're just just not going gonna do it. Yeah. So, so,
4: I, th- I think I, I was on I went to the question and answer session at the drone show that they did on the Sunday. I think it upset him by does no matter what regulations the. You know, determined not to follow them, aren't going to follow them. And, and the incidents we've had so far, for example, at Gatwick, uh, they're already unlawful and with the current regulation. So it's not regulation that's the problem. This has been the BMFA position all along. It's the enforcement that's the
0: problem. Thank you, Art Faulkner. <laughs> Thank you, Clive FPV. Tony's lighting two up for you guys. Yes, guys. Sorry, Andy.
4: That's all right. It's okay. Um, So so that's a a problem that we've got. Um, We know what politicians are like. They like to be seen to be doing something, even if they aren't doing anything. Um, And this is the response that they're coming up with. Uh, The efforts of of the BMFA and any of the, um, I think we just answered that one that's popped up on my screen, um, has to be minimising impact on as many people as possible. Um, and that's where the efforts have to to be aimed um, because whether we like it or not, these changes are coming in um and you know we're gonna be working very hard to to minimize the the effect um because at the end of the day criminals are gonna take part in criminal activity not bothered about the fact it's already unlawful otherwise they wouldn't be doing this to start off with would they? Mm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so we we were kind of. That's mm. kind. Of, that's kind of interesting that that you take that point of view. It has been the BMFA because you know people have the. And I, th- I think I think maybe the issue is that you don't have the the online presence to get that message out there because a lot a lot of people's opinion, from what I've heard, is that oh the BMFA you don't care about any of this, and clearly you
4: do. Absolutely, really, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think one of the issues we've had for for quite a while. Um, is that we're too busy getting on with it, um, if you pardon the phrase, to blow our own trumpet. (laughs) And perhaps we need to. Uh, And and certainly using the sort of social media and the modern methods of communication is something we we have been working on and we're making strides with. I'm here tonight, uh, despite the fact I can't get me camera working. Apologies, (laughs) everybody. (laughs) You know, it's testament to that. Um, but, yeah, I do think we do need to shout a bit more about the, active, you know, the sort of achievements and activities that we get up to. Uh, so we are working on it.
2: Yeah. And um, so what, what about, uh, um, I, it, has there been any backlash from members who for for years and years have um, taken the, the A, the B test for, for whichever uh, RC model that they've got? Um, and now these regulations are coming in and it's like, no, the BMFA already have a system in place for, um, you know, proficiency in flying. Uh, why should I be made to take another test? Have you had a lot of, uh, like, you know, legacy members? Because I know that BMFA has been around a long, I've been a member a long time. Um, uh, you know, it, it, I, does does the BMFA um, plan to uh, s- sort of have a s- system where it's sort of we can bypass this whole uh, you know registration system and really their target is people that are just walking into Currys or Dixons buying a Phantom Four and then flying it at Gatwick I think is that that's the problem isn't it It's not it's not people. Uh, you know, tuning into this, who are hobbyists who look out for each other, who are you know, that they do this as safe as possible. Um, you know, it, so is there anything happening there, or is there nothing that you can do? There, you can...
4: there are a lot of efforts on that. One of the things going forward that we're looking at, um, is and, th- and this isn't just the BMFA, yeah. you know, it's LMA, FPV, UKSA. One of the things we are working going forward is having the fact that you are a member of the recognised associations count for it. Um, You know, and also you know, if if people have got nobody proved the competency Uh, and to be fair, anybody who's passed an achievement, the level of competency proved is way beyond anything they're going to
0: ask at an online multiple choice question. Um, I don't even know. At least least with your competency test you know that you've got the correct person stood in front yeah. of you. Like, yeah, totally. this online test, unless they're going to do it like how you do your um, a theory test for your driving, where you prove that you are who you say you are, anyone could fill that in for you. Absolutely. I mean, how they're, how they're actually going to implement all this is... Uh, if you found the pump
4: still very much up
0: in the air, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, like, I could... You know, essentially, you know, I could... I could get a monkey to do Tony's test,
1: and they wouldn't know.
4: No, I mean this is it. How, how they're going to do all this? I have no idea. I don't think they know it yet.
1: Yeah, all of a sudden, November seems uh, like it actually might be too close. Um, just a quick question while we've um, uh, we'll have a, a quick chance. And uh, Andrea Haku asked the question: What will happen to BMFA clubs that will now be within the range of five miles from an airport? um it's highly likely that they will carry on as they always have done um
4: there are already clubs operating within one kilometer distance and they've operated mission of air traffic control for years and years and years um we envisage that those clubs um, operating within the five kilometers now will they've got the proven track record of not being a problem um, you know, it's almost certain that exemptions will be issued for them. Yeah, uh, it's like
2: Pop- Popham's on the same site, isn't it? You know. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and there's no problems there. So, yeah, it, it's it's, it's I've spoken to two or three clubs uh, close to you know within five kilometres of Gatwick just this past day or so. I mean, obviously people are concerned about this. Um, we don't believe it will prove an issue for established clubs. Um, which, of course, aren't the targets of the regulation, and I, I think um, you know the, those producing the regulation are aware of that as well. Yeah, uh, they're, not, they're so. not the
2: targets. Sadly, they they are the the people who sort of the general public turn to and say, "You are the problem," because I mean, for me, it's 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 the way that the media handles all of this. It's mm. it's it's like Sal's. Um, ah newspapers for them doesn't it when all all this
4: drones it's it's very much um how they operate the media and it's not just media you know it's av radio and everything isn't it It send everybody wants a sensational i mean Mm. (coughs) the the the
1: the point is i think the problem is right now (coughs) our first point of con or the first point of contact to these incidents is is the police so I mean it's it's very clear to a lot of us that the police are you know there's a lot of a case of just not being educated or misinformed and there's there's a lot of information missing and you know the police by their own right and individual interviews police have said we we don't have really have a clue about what we're dealing with here and it's becoming a thing very fast what are are there any steps that the bmfa are taking in terms of educating the police or are are they accepting to you working with them on this
4: we're, we're regularly in, to- in touch with various police forces, uh, you know, they will either contact us for advice, you know, we contact them when we realise, you know, to say we've been speaking uh, to Surrey Police quite a lot, as you can imagine, this past few weeks. Um, and it's an ongoing thing. Uh, I think at the moment, the difficulty is it's difficult to educate, um, shall we say, the enforcers or the police or on how this is all going to be affected because we don't know how it's all going to fall into place yet. It's so grey right now, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. um, you're all quite nebulous at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Andrew,
1: sorry. Got yeah, I was just
3: going to do a brief recap of my understanding of all the press releases and everything that's been going out over the past week or so about the regulation. And basically, as far as I can see, Nothing has changed since the ANO amendment last uh, July, um, which is saying that registration is coming in in November, that it's going to be released. Like The system is going to be up and running by October, um, uh, but it's going to be required from November for any model over 250 grams. Um, All rules apply to even under 250 grams. It applies to everything um which is the usual kind of keep away from people don't fly over towns that kind of thing um the 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 suggestion from the uh caas uh so the this the response to the consultation that so everyone responded to the consultation those are kind of condensed down into some recommendations for the government to consider when they're writing the drone bill later on this year and that's basically there's not enough time to to deal with fins at the moment forget about that for the moment so that's the flight notification system whatever it's called um so we're not gonna have to do that uh, registration's already been written in so that's happening um and then the only other thing was the so there's the recommendation to change the uh, distances from the airports as far as i can tell that's still not written in anywhere and that's just still a recommendation yeah, i think that's a proposal yeah yeah and then as same with the fixed penalty notices so this would be police powers to be able to um find people on the spot a certain amount of money for for doing something wrong um and that is still that's still a proposal it's not detailed it's not confirmed or anything it's still a proposal um and there was one other thing i thought of which was uh uh, oh the, the 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 search and seize and all that kind of police powers which basically exist anyway and exactly, no, yeah. it, it's already happened it's been used people who were chasing or flying a, a phantom near a police helicopter sometime last year i think it was they've already been you know they've had their house searched and the drone seized and the footage to prove that they were doing it and so they've been prosecuted and yeah. prosecuted to the grand sum of 200 pounds Oh, ridiculous, it um, is, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's
1: not even uh, the cost of the aviation fl- fuel for more than ten minutes.
4: Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> um, I think um, you know sensible enforcement of the current regulations that have worked for years and years and years would be all that's required. Yeah, um, but unfortunately, uh, you know, with all the that hysteria, that's yeah. uh, you know we be on that now.
3: Um, but yeah, on the subject of the hysteria, Fraser Steen, this is, I think this is the last question that I've got from the patrons, so we're doing pretty well. Okay. Um, uh, he was saying, with all the media hysteria um, that's been going, all the anti-drone, um, have the BMFA got any plans to sort of counteract that in the media? So you, you, we were saying, you know, that uh, you're working a lot with the legislation um, and those sorts of, that sort of side of things. Um, And you've said that you need to improve on communication with the community to show that you're doing that. But then what about this other whole realm of communication with the general public and kind of saying?
4: Well, it's communication, I suppose, through the media is probably Mm. the most challenging aspect. Um, They are primarily spend the time trying to catch people out. Mm. Um, an example of that was you probably recall it probably a couple of years ago now. When allegedly, a, a a drone strike on a seven four seven coming into Heathrow. Yeah, um, you probably all remember it and the who are at the time. Uh, I think uh, between us, myself, Dave, and Manny, probably did half a dozen radio interviews that week. Um, I did one on one particular national radio station. Uh, which I must have it wasn't my experience. Uh, but generally, you get you get sort of a 10 minute chat with the researcher beforehand who was going through questions. Well, really, like when you go for training, insurance, things like that. So I was actually expecting a, a nice, productive interview. Uh, and uh, just like you did when you were going live, they said, Right, we're sort of I'm handing you through to the studio now. Uh, we're about to go live. Please don't swear. Uh, and then the, the presenter' first question was, uh, "Is this a disaster waiting to happen?" Uh, and, <laughs> and then she spent basically five minutes trying to get me to say that that was the case, uh, not listening to what I wanted to say. Uh, got to the point where I got rather frustrated with her, broke her off mid-question, uh, and said to her, "So you know, I so says at this point we have no confirmed incident uh, of a drone hitting an aircraft, none whatsoever." Um, so her response was, well, there's all these reports, what are they all, UFOs? My response being, well, actually, the flying objects as yet unidentified. UFO is definitely what they are. It's just a new way of spelling UFO, it seems to be D-R-O-N-E. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it, it's, interesting, <laughs> it? it's interesting, isn't it? Because... There, there, Before drones existed, there were UFO sightings, and now UFO sightings seem, to, just it, be, <laughs> or, seem to be just called drone sightings,
4: don't they? Clearly, we're not in, not in, not interesting enough to all these aliens anymore. Not, they,
1: <laughs> yeah, they need to. They definitely need to step their game up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's. Uh, I don't know if many people know what else costs the aviation industry about one the commercial aviation industry about 1.2 billion uh, dollars a year and that's birds yeah you know, there's, there's plenty of other things but they there. never get a mention the
2: public are, are never scared and, but, but what they don't realize is that uh, at airports as they 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 let off fireworks to scare birds away
5: um
1: yeah, there's all uh, kinds of things. Fireworks is tan as well. Doing, I think, predatory bird noises. There's guys that walk around with uh, those scaring sound guns and all kinds of stuff. So
2: why aren't the media saying, "Oh, you know, there, there are there are these there are these other dangers"? It seems to be, and and this and do you know, I've made I've made a, a video a, a about this. It's going to be in my next video, and um, and and this the, this I, I was like. Looking at all of this media stuff, and I thought to myself, Do you know, there are no positive drone news stories. The the news is, and, and it's it's kind of like a, a Bill Hicks quote, really. You know, there, there's no where are all the news stories about, uh, you know, oh, a group of people met today and they found a connection that they couldn't find anywhere else and you know it helped to relieve their anxieties maybe depression maybe mental health uh and they they did it safely and you know and that is the the main sort of concern is safety for the public when we all fly together if if we see someone walking a dog as you know i've been in a club before and it was it was a closed off uh place yet people still would just walk straight across the uh, the runway that we had cut out um you know and and so so people don't know the the positive side of it and i don't i i i guess the media you know that it's that's not interesting is it to them oh that actually the, it's helping a lot of people the, the drone it's, it's in not just drink. positive
4: drone stories is it it's positive stories on anything um
1: they just yeah. don't to yeah, be it doesn't in. sell papers does it yeah you're absolutely right but you know ironically of course just about every uh, uh, probably a program every 30 seconds that you're watching on tv is shot with aerial footage from a drone just yeah. about all the media that yeah. we see the footage from them they'll all be uh you know Using drones themselves, this but it's the buzzword, it's the thing I hate on, and it's getting all the clicks. So, and it's a little sad to see, as uh, has been mentioned in the chat already, that the, the BBC are, are kind of really clickbaiting a lot of that, shall I say? But um, well, well uh,
4: between you, me, and the gatepost, don't tell anybody, but it was the BBC <laughs> radio station I was on when they were trying oh, to really, yeah,
2: <laughs> which is interesting because the BBC is you know, it's publicly funded, it's meant, it's meant to have. No agenda, but that—that's yeah, well, that, an agenda.
1: I think a, a balanced, balanced journalism is is the term that was supposed mm. to be used. something that's not particularly there anymore, is it? Unfortunately,
4: yeah.
1: I, the... I blame the advent of
5: twenty-four hour news. They can't have journalism in news now. They just have to like something's happened. Let's get someone's opinion. Let's read really out some Twitter posts. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, interviews with weird people. That is a really, really good point. There isn't enough news for the amount of
4: news production so and uh, so that that's where things get sort of carried away isn't it and then dragging up non-news to out throw at it and, yeah you know and there just isn't enough stuff happening to warrant the amount of news that we get
2: yeah that news 24 channel was brilliant because uh i watched it and every 10 minutes tony was on it for an entire day <laughs> because because they they just loop the and 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 now they got update on at gatwick and then there's the the video of tony standing on a van yeah. and it, every every 10 minutes uh,
4: because well, if, if you if you had an honest news 24 it was going to be there's not been any news for the past 10 minutes here's some news from earlier <laughs> and that's going to be the bulk of the news for the day isn't it that's what it was yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think the important thing about all of this is you know when you see a story you actually have to go back to the original source um and and see what it was because i mean there's all this kind of drone hysteria hyping up the risk of drones and everything but i think it works the other way as well because i i went back and looked through uh, i can't believe i'm defending chris grayling here because yeah but um he's if you go back to his original statement that was you know being uh, reported in the press everywhere as being oh they're coming hard down on drones and giving police powers and everything and uh, the an actual quote here from him was we can pass new laws until the cows come home but that does not stop people breaking them, and the law is as tough as is necessary to punish the perpetrators of an attack such as this.
2: Yep. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's the most difficult thing as well to 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 catch someone. I mean, the thing that you are seeing that is doing the maybe the illegal thing is you know the person could be miles away doing it, and you know, and it's finding where that signal's coming from and all. It's it's something that can't really be policed can it you
4: know it's a difficult what, one isn't it i mean it have to be a technological solution to it yeah
2: what well, like maybe it maybe just like a block or yeah a, a tap at airports that
1: just you know oh, this was the other thing that don robinson alluded to in his interview uh, radio interview recently which was mm-hmm. that um a lot of this drone this drone technology that you know we're paying for, by the way, all this military technology and stuff that's coming in doesn't work, uh, and it, it's not going to it's not going to work, and it it just costs hideous amounts of cash, um, and that's that's an issue.
2: <laughs> Why doesn't yeah. it work? Surely, if you just like block, just just you know, or or, or is there laws against doing that? Like, can't, mm, you know, well, that's, the, that's for one
5: thing, you, you may not have a radio signal doing it. Yeah. Even if you lost GPS, the thing could fly on Uh, onwards
1: on a like a GPS waypoint path and it's just doing a circuit. Uh, Ah, of course. It's uh, and then at which point it's like, well, what kind of technology do they have to shoot electronic things down out the sky? And then it's it's well there's a lot of electronic things in the sky that don't need to be shot out and it's all a bit complicated. Yeah.
4: It's not a straightforward one. I have to say, um, I didn't think the idea of, uh, I know a couple of people have asked, uh, this is for you when uh, they, the drone hit squad, um, on the basis that, you know, we then suddenly started getting lots of reports of drones on the police Flying around, mm-hmm. uh, putting a load of other guys there with drones flying around. All that's going to do is generate hundreds more uh, drone reports. Uh, so I don't think that was ever a sensible solution.
3: Yeah, I mean, e- even if you look at uh, Heathrow the other day, and you know there was a police helicopter hovering above looking for a drone, and immediately there's photos and videos everywhere of uh, you know a strobe and a red light and a green light, and people going, "Oh, it's definitely a drone." It's like it's definitely not. That is a helicopter, if ever I saw
4: one. But... Yeah, I mean, I mean there were, wasn't some sightings like some frames and all sorts. And, and that's, uh, I, I think it's well known that um, um, eyewitness reports tend to be some of the most unreliable.
3: They're very sensitive, but not very specific. I think, I
4: think a lot of UFO reports used
2: to be uh, those those lanterns that you could buy, which you can buy quite, you know, anywhere.
0: Yeah, but, uh you know if they kill kill owls and stuff like that tony's well against them <laughs> oh, i'm yeah. dead against them as well
2: yeah 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 the, there was a um i, I even thought there's oh because there's a cluster of ufos there uh because they, they, they move so slowly, especially when they're at night when, it's, um, no, 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 no. when when the winds calm. And I thought, oh my God, I'm actually, the UFOs are real. And then I thought, and then I got closer to them, and it was just a bunch of people well, let, you, let, you, let, let, letting a load off them off. Like,
4: you know, you remember that them. UFOs are real. There's just something flying around that you haven't
0: identified. Well, yeah, you, know, when, you when don't I...
4: necessarily have little green men on board coming down to probe you. know?
0: Oh
4: no, no. I, I,
0: I no I... Loads of times to probe Tony's bumhole, but <laughs> keeps refusing. I've I've got a BMFA
2: specific. I've got because uh, I oh, know. Yeah, Andy does have,
0: yeah.
2: I know we're coming close to to the hour, but I've got a BMFA specific question, Andy, if that's well, okay, because. Absolutely. Because we ran into uh, sort of a uh, issue. When I say we, um, I, I go to a um, indoor flying club, um, and it's it, well, it's not registered as a club. It's just a, a group of guys that um, know, uh, like the the, um, the. I think they have master of a school, and they let us use the sports hall for a couple of hours. Mm. Um, and the 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 rule is that uh you have to have a bmfa membership whether that's a club membership or or an individual membership and all all of us guys uh, when we went went to the nec we uh re-registered uh our bmfa uh insurance um but nothing came through the post whereas last year you got uh, a little card and and for fpv's by the way the the little card yeah. the little card that you get is a godsend because, because th- this last couple of years it's it's funny with all of these the
0: the you media it's not not your ear holes sorry <laughs> yeah
2: yes um yeah all, all of this stuff in the media um yeah. th- this last two two years uh, sorry. Well, actually, it's mainly been well, uh, well, last last year, should I say? Because we've just started the new year. I've had people come up to me and and say, "What are you doing? You shouldn't be doing that." And I I can just uh, get out of my wallets and get my BMFA card and go, uh, "Yes, I can," sort of thing. And yeah. and even even though it, it you know it doesn't technic technically like mean anything you show someone some paperwork they'll they'll just even because they know nothing about it they'll they they'll go off this shirt i didn't receive that is that because, um, is that because well, we did, is that because we did it at the show
4: or? no it's because you received it electronically uh, by the time you got up from the table because it was me that was doing this your email had arrived with your documents attached
0: yeah that's what the the password reset was for and moved us over to the new system.
4: Yeah, the, the new system is now. So, as soon as you, you um, um, renew now or, or join, you get an email straight away with an attachment, which is your membership document. I mean, I have mine on my phone. put you can't <laughs> You know, so, and of course, you can print it off, carry it around with you as often as you like. Uh, yeah, yeah, we the problem
2: is when you print off you, uh, something from a, pr- a printer, mm-hmm. uh, you, you anyone could it, do, it doesn't uh, it was like laminated, it looked official, mm-hmm. and uh, so so just um, the, the, I'll tell you the problem that we had right is because it's not um, a, a club. What what you're required to do is to show your BMFA membership mm-hmm. uh, once a year. Um, yep and what happened was because the the cards didn't come through right. and a lot of the members are let's say older members that don't don't have email yeah they they didn't have the uh, right. they, they didn't have anything and they actually couldn't fly uh, okay but well, I mean that,
4: that's not a problem I all they need to do is a quick call to the office and we'll send them a printed copy out. yeah
2: the thing is yeah i i suppose it was it was just like i, th- I think the card thing was a good thing is what i is uh, what i'm getting at. but uh, it probably costs money and that's why it's gone electronic but
4: i think for well, well uh twenty five thousand pounds plus every
2: year wow yeah,
3: but, uh, in, the, in this too. specific case though there's the new like membership portal thing that Gives a load more information for people managing clubs, right? So
4: absolutely, yeah. I've been uh, that's been the sort of taken at the bulk of my time for the past six months. Uh, right. It's been, it's been uh, dealing with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. Going back eight nine years ago, I this before I was working for the PMFA, while still involved, I, I was the membership secretary at two clubs up in Yorkshire. Between the two clubs, we had three hundred plus members. I would have killed for this new system, <laughs> I really would. Um, you know, and, oh, yeah, no, no, it's not, it's uh, not,
2: it's not the system, it, it, it's just, yeah. it was just, uh, I think I understand that's... your point, I do,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. I, like their membership cards chiseled into stone, oh, yeah, De- delivered by a unicorn, and you know, you know. <laughs> yeah,
5: it's I mean, the I mean the we
4: get you know told that we need to get into the 21st century this is one of the areas where we have done um i think the new system is fantastic um I, i'm it this way the drone show the number of people that were chuffed to bits that the, the phone pinged with their email with the membership documents before they got out of the chair where i was you know they, they were, it was either you know, the overriding opinion was wow that was quick um, yeah, you know, and we will provide printed versions for those that want them. um so, so, most, so, most of them sit in a drawer and never get used. Yeah, so so you can
2: request one. Do you have Absolutely. to? Pay, do you have to pay for it? If, no, no,
4: if, if, no. If they just contact the office, say, "Can you send me a printed one?" They will do. Uh,
2: and will it be, be the printed one that
4: you got? Before? No, it's not. It, it's just going to be uh, you know printed off, uh, but probably on a, a heavier duty card. Uh, yeah. One of the things we are uh, looking at going forward for next year is perhaps a, another option for, for a sort of plastic-printed yard. We're still weighing those options, up. Yeah,
2: because, I mean, they were very durable as well because they had they were kind of, like, laminated. I just mm-hmm. found them useful, uh, uh, you know... Um, like, like i say just even though it it technically didn't yep. mean, mean anything when people start seeing paperwork um but but if you uh i i, I mean for me it wasn't a problem yep. the, this question really is for um the people who didn't have email and and, and yep. stuff and stuff like that i have my phone with me so i went to my email and went there's my my, my number it's the number that they
4: wanted the first thing to uh, you do know, is my phone, is a fill is affiliate as a club and then if you're the club administrator you can go along and you can show all the cards for all your members to the people that need to see it
0: so we you're telling us we need to open our own let's drone out club yeah go for it why not yeah do it man let's do it because it might push frank over the edge <laughs> well, is
4: that a good thing then no
5: no no <laughs> Andy, I had a quick question again about the the registration thing, and I know details are vague at the moment. But I ran a quick poll on YouTube just to understand what people were feeling about with their register and wouldn't. And I was wondering what what your membership was generally feeling, because I was getting about a third of people saying under no circumstances would register. People sort of comparing it to sort of. Voluntarily put yourself on a sex offenders register. They were yeah. that worried yeah. that police were just going to target them as a
0: yeah. It's just going to be a police Christmas list. Yeah. Oh look, something well, happened. In is it that quick? And they'll oh. just work their way down the list. Yeah. Do, uh,
5: do you get do you get a feeling from your members at this point about are they are they going to do it? Are they against it? Feel
4: that, well, I think most members are responsible people without a doubt, and they will do what they have to do to comply and be lawful. Uh, I think most of them think, well actually we're already registered, we remember, um, I mean the primary purpose I think for registration is to educate, I believe, um, and they want they want to be able to contact people to educate them. Uh, is, uh, is, is, is
5: educate, the, educate yeah. here the, the word for search your house and yeah. <laughs> read well, you well, and take yeah. all your drink away? <laughs> <30 hours. laughs> i do think i think warrants are still required if you read the uh, latest um you know, they are required I, I do get worried about the, the 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 language behind that which is the reasonable suspicion that yeah. the drone and something that i mean it's a little bit subjective isn't it i, I well, mean then-
1: no, no, it is, oh, but I'm, yeah. I'm
5: not entirely sure it's any different to what's there now, is it? No, it's no. The, the, position, the, yeah. the powers are staying the same. They've, they've just basically replicated it to give themselves a drone-specific thing. But it's it's still, when people put themselves on a list and say, okay, yeah, I own lots of stuff, then it does. I, I can see where their worry comes from because we've got no leads. What should we do? Well, we've got a list of people that own drones. We should talk to all those guys. Surely it's going to be, it's going to make sense in that point of view. Uh, the way these things tend to go, those that are registered are almost certainly not the ones
4: that. Those are um, so, so they probably H- got a list Hap of people.
0: doing
1: something. I think it's probably there's there's there is a level of speculation. I mean, there's speculation in so much of this, as we've talked about, because yeah. of the, the amount of grey area. But it's 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 something we can't entirely speculate on until those powers are necessarily abused if, if we're in a position where there's some point down the road they do exactly that and they start you know calling up people on the list then i, I think we've got something to, to uh to challenge there but um as the as we've said there's there's just uh, so much up in the air at the minute one thing i was wondering do we know if the actual uh the the, the people that were arrested over this gatwick incident do we know if that guy who was a model flyer and it turns out it was a helicopter i think he owned that they confiscated do we know if the, he was a bmfa member or not
4: i can phone him if you want yeah you, you'll phone him and ask <laughs> 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 I, I, I think um, the biggest problem with that was the the media releasing information that they shouldn't been
5: releasing. Mm, absolutely, right. all into the same track.
4: <laughs> So you know, I I've spent the first three months of G18 dealing with GDPR uh, mm. data protection, so I'm fairly careful what I'm going to say. I'll answer that one.
2: Yeah, the the news the do, news do, don't seem to cover that at all. Mm. Oh, these two people have had their Christmas ruined. It was like two days before yeah. Christmas all they carried on talking about was drones and uh, Gatwick, yeah. and it's like no no you, you you need you need to yeah that should be the news that the, the yeah, media
0: coverage
4: was atrocious wasn't it yeah Absolutely. especially
3: when it was specifically clarified in the Levison inquiry that it is not legal or appropriate for the media to do that publish people's details of someone that's um uh, yep. being, just been arrested and not charged unless the police have deemed it important and released the information which they didn't.
4: No, exactly. I mean, this was, you know, all the way through that it was the press. I think it was a fault. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the what information the police had or what they released or what they didn't. I don't think any of us do. But then, uh,
0: why, if if the boss and the ex-wife both were decent alibis, why did they keep them for thirty-six hours? well they say i have no idea
4: because i don't know what what they they have this is the problem it's the
5: the police isn't it yeah you've seen 24 hours in police custody as soon as they (laughs) get a suspect it's like ignore all the investigations how can we try and make the evidence fit our suspect now
0: yeah tony lives near gatwick lives alone seen up on a
5: van looking dodgy yeah Yeah fpv gear
3: yeah. yeah complaining about things saying it hasn't been seen a policeman but moving away from speculation just for a second and moving mm-hmm. on to uh just just because one thing that uh i think win really wanted to know was if someone did suffer that kind of same sort of scenario mm-hmm. um where it's all gone a bit pear-shaped and they're, they're looking down the end of all this sort of trouble um, even though they've you know not done anything but in like this in this case uh would would it be worth contacting the bmFA are you going to be able to do
4: anything to help or um it's hard to say i suppose each individual situation uh, would be different um, certainly we would do all we could to assist based on whatever information we have mm. um you know as always in these things it's a lack of information isn't it?
3: because mm. um, i've heard before that you've got you know because of your long-standing history you know the sorts of people that would be helpful in this situation who know the law inside and out from a model aircraft perspective and and might
4: be able to help but um, yeah i mean when it when it comes to sort of model aircraft regulation certainly we do um you know the the, the difficulty would be I, su- I suppose once you're involved in um, shall we say criminal activities um you just have a lack of information to work on um you know and it's clear this couple yes they had the christmas spoil uh they were, you know they've been cleared uh in some respects from the the police side of things the system appears to have worked and um, despite yes the i mean the the intru, the intrusion and the issues, were purely a media thing in mind, in my view. Um, the way these things work, if the police have some evidence, um, they then, you know, make arrests. They then continue their investigation to try and gather further evidence. Bearing in mind, evidence isn't proof. Um, you know, they, and they have to put together enough evidence to warrant pressing charges, which clearly, once they investigated thoroughly, there wasn't, therefore they were released. In some respects, that's the system working, which is easy to say for somebody who wasn't involved and wasn't um, the person that was arrested, because uh, I, I dread to think how it was for them that, I suspect, you know, it was it was an absolute nightmare. Um, what we have to be thankful for is that the system did actually work and they were completely cleared. Um, you know, w- the people that should be casting it have to be the press on this one, mm. um, you know. And and the difficulty we have, we just, all we can do is speculate because we would no idea what information the police yeah, were working yeah. on. Uh, and it makes it very, very difficult. All you can do, uh, you know, is feel for this couple, isn't it? Uh, you know,
1: and hit the press. So, in terms of, in terms of um, just back to that topic of um, uh, online presence, uh, and I completely understand you're saying your, your kind of general stance of the BMFA is we're we're kind of too busy getting on with it to to really have that as too much of a priority. I mean, if there are people who are looking to hear the latest from the BMFA on certain on topical things on on things like multi rotors. Obviously, there's the website. Is there other things that are worth following? Is there you know, is Twitter a good place to find out what, what the thoughts of the BNK are on certain things? or where? where, where is we, we're
4: certainly to... not active on Twitter. Um, right. We are active on Facebook. We have um,
1: our Facebook page. Uh, not to be confused with the other Facebook page. Um, Which... Give it there, Andy, say again. Yeah, we have
4: our Facebook page, which is our sort of official uh, Facebook communication. Uh, we have a couple of pages, a couple of groups. Uh, the biggest group that's entitled BMFA on Facebook isn't actually anything to do with the BMFA. It's <laughs> slightly frustrating and that does involve me telling people quite regularly this it isn't the view of the BMFA it's not a BMFA page in any way to perform. Um, so we we do we are active on Facebook. We uh, we are getting a little bit more involved with Instagram. Um, but as I say, at the end of the day, we've got a fairly small number of employees who are very very busy. Uh, we all do a lot more hours than we're paid to do. Um, thankfully, you know those of us that are classed I suppose as senior staff uh, are passionate model aircraft flyers um so we know that the work we're doing not just benefits, benefits us uh you know and uh, so we do put a lot of time in it's having the extra time to do you know it's almost a full-time job or you know these days with the speed of media and the news getting out there or the, I say the speed of lack of news Uh, Whenever there has been anything worthy of posting a a reporting, uh, a news article goes on the website. Uh, There was one put on today by the chief exec specifically around the consultation. What we don't do, and I think we are still correct in in this sort of uh, process, if you like, is rush information out. You know, we don't. You know, it's not a good thing to do. You see a lot of it rushing, you know, people rushing information out, which turns out to be incorrect or or knee-jerk. And we don't think we should be doing that, so we don't. You know, what goes out is considered uh, and very, very accurate um Because it needs to be, because, you know. I mean, one thing I have learned: it doesn't matter what you write down. You can think you're writing it in English, but if you've got thirty thousand people reading it, you can pretty much just go to be about thirty thousand different takes
2: on what you've written down. I think uh, we can all relate to that having <laughs> YouTube having YouTube channels and yeah. people comments and things. Yeah, people take things. In completely different ways, when even when it you you know your intention was
4: something else. Yeah, I, I think it it's a it's a modern phenomena that, that we've evolved or or the human race has evolved. So we're very very good at picking up the wrong end of a one-ended stick. Devolved, I think, would be yeah. the, the 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 way to describe it,
1: maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think we've got a, a sparkler cake. <laughs> yeah. uh, Romanis King uh, just donated £20. Thank you very much, Romanis. Appreciate that.
0: Morning. You.
4: You.
1: Oh,
4: God. No, <laughs> the, prime, the primary reason I'm not setting up fireworks is I'm still sat in the office.
2: Let's fight, <laughs> Jack. Appar- apparently that these fireworks are for for... Jack, love the hair, it says.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Andy, for coming on. Um, nice. No, pleasure.
4: That's a pleasure.
3: And so, yep. So, uh, Thanks for me. as covered by NJ, so... and Andy's answer, uh, so Facebook seems to be the best place to follow. So, it's facebook.com slash BMFA official. You can um, always
4: just
1: email us, of course. Yep. <laughs> you know,
4: well, that, it's a different way of communicating. And, wet, and hope, hopefully we can get
1: you, get you back at some point, Andy. That would be great. Cause as, as we were <laughs> saying about, yeah, as we were saying about the 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 kind of uh, the, the not to jump to being too reactive thing, and and people looking for answers, every little help certainly. And and you coming on tonight has been uh, definitely uh, a good thing to be able to chat about some of these topics. So yeah, much thanks.
4: Happy to come on again at some point in the future. And and Dave was uh, quite disappointed he couldn't make it this evening and he's
0: more than happy to come on again as well in the, in the future at some point. Will you let him know that I am very disappointed in him?
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll, watch the, uh, he'll be watching the video later on. No? I, I'm expecting uh, Mark's out of ten in the morning. <laughs> awesome.
0: In, in honour, um, by the way, this is a personal favour. Uh, got a friend called Sheldon who got... Banned for flying his foam aeroplane from the Brighton uh, group. Can, can we can we get them to? Can you can we send a message via your channel to tell them to grow up? Uh, well, one <laughs> thing one thing I one thing I, um, I know for definite, uh, especially in my
4: role as club support officer. And uh, there's always at least two sides to every story. <laughs> there,
2: there are. Um,
4: Often, many more.
2: Uh, Being in clubs over the years, there there are a lot of conflicts that go on, which I imagine you have to deal with uh, internally with clubs. That that was my experience of being in a club. Anyway, so it may have changed. I don't Uh,
4: know. Well, you've got to bear in mind we've eight hundred and fifty plus clubs up, Um, and I'm the only one dealing with the club issues. Uh, On top of dealing with everything else dealing with sort of the website membership. It's a small amount of my time dealing with fallout, uh, which to me suggests that uh, actually there isn't that many up and down the country. Personally, clubs are a great place to be, but not everybody fits in the club scene.
2: Yeah, FPV is is sort of different um, because it's more about... um, it's more about the cinematography so if you if yep. you i mean I, I i always fly from the same spot and, and even these guys give me grief about it and i think that's the dip. so what you probably find with with bmfa uh is especially since um you know park flies and stuff became more accessible i imagine your individual membership shot through the roof compared to club membership
4: or or it, I, th- I think the biggest thing that affected sort of individual membership or or country membership as such was making it very very easy for people to join direct (coughs) and what what really raised the number of country members uh, was when we first launched our initial online uh, membership portal about five years ago (coughs) because people just thought I'll just go online and do it myself Um, now that uh, the new system allows people to do that and still be associated with um i I'm, I'm expecting the number of members to drop <laughs> sorry yeah country members to drop uh, because it's no longer a case of if you join direct you have to be a country member which up until
2: ah uh, right I, under, I understand yeah um just one that i i know i know we're going way over sorry guys yeah we we're um, all right to this up now. um yeah we need to wrap extra andy how how does um how how does does one go about uh, at, attaining like the, the a and the b test if they are not in a club it, are there are there specific events such as western park where where people can take their a and b test and stuff
4: like that especially... the, the achievement schemes actually open to everybody you don't have to be in a club you don't even have to be a member um, we, you know, if you're not a member and you want to do an A and a B test, we actually extend the BMFA insurance to cover you, uh, you know, for the for of the flying session you're taking um, one of the things that we have a couple of at our site uh, where I am now at Buckminster uh, we have a couple of fly-ins every year where we have plenty of examiners on hand for advice uh, that you can come along to yeah,
0: and no. <laughs>
4: a a chief examiner Uh, and whenever I'm here if somebody wants to go and take a test they can
0: yeah because we need to make Andy RC and one of us examiners so that it will work nicely for the let's drone out club <laughs> wow, yeah i
4: mean once, once you've got yourselves organized and you're affiliated club, you've, you've <laughs> organized let's yeah, out yeah well, once you've got somebody who's passed his b test and held it for six months you put him forward to be an examiner we'll send somebody along they'll run him through the assessment and then you can do the test okay
0: all right <laughs> right all right we'll do that
3: well, volunteered, Andy, RC. <laughs> oh, I
2: just, I just wanted because my, my B test is fit in fixed wing, mm. so um, I I I don't know. It's just an I, I, I like the whole scheme, and I think I think. Um,
4: I have to say, I'm a big fan of the scheme. I always have been. I've been involved ever since I started, first started playing. Uh,
2: I mean, I mean that that is that was the standard for clubs. Is that. Uh, you know, if you wanted to fly solo, you had to have the A test. If you wanted to fly at an event, which clubs organise, you had you to have a B test. And I think that was a, a, a good way of showing proficiency. And this is yeah. this is why it's annoying that you can just go into Dixon's, buy a Phantom 4, and uh, and and just fly it. For me, for me, I think you should have to take a, a test to be able to show that you are. You know proficient in flying i know a lot of these guys probably wouldn't agree but that would solve I'm, a lot of problems I i'm think. not
4: entirely sure i agree to be honest really? why 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 is that because we want to be accessible as possible to everybody um i think people need to be aware of their own limitations. You're, you're not actually correct in uh, most clubs ask for the air certificate to fly unsupervised it, it's slightly under 50 percent that want the air certificate to fly unsupervised um, but certainly all clubs will have something in place because they've a duty of to all the members they you know anybody in the area to ensure that um you know the people doing what they're doing are yeah have a certain competence
2: i think um, things have probably changed quite a lot because back in the day when i was in a club the models were much more dangerous. We're talking everything was nitro, it was big, it was heavy. So maybe that's that's why, may, you know, it's not required so much anymore.
4: For, for I'm quality. not entirely sure the fact that it's big and heavy makes it any more dangerous, to be honest. Um, the biggest claims on being a insurance. Um, you know, the... The big thing with your sort of traditional model flying over the years it's taking place in fairly remote locations uh if something goes wrong you know and and it does crash and and they do all model aircraft of one form will crash at some time or another is there's nothing around to crash into other than the ground um so it's generally you know it's a very very um you know safe well an example of how safe is i think it's just Cost of the BMFA insurance really? Uh, when you consider the the insurers reckon something like five million flights by members a year, um, and any year there's usually between about twenty five claims a year. Um, you know, so that's a phenomenally small number, um, but and and that's due to I think the the responsible attitude. You know, muddle flies are taken for, for, you, for decades, really. Uh, and that's something that, you know, we need to sort of educate everybody on. It. You know, if you act responsibly, you know, make sure you're being lawful. It's not an issue. Uh, as soon as, uh, you know, people start pushing the envelope, you know, what one person thinks is, is perfectly safe and reasonable. Somebody else isn't going to agree. You know, you've always got that. Um, you know, I, I mean, I see a lot on uh, social media stuff killing. And we're not just talking drone flyers. It's the same for model aircraft flyers as well. And what we need the community to do is to come down on them. You know, there, there's, you know, if somebody's doing something, it affects all of us. Uh, and I think going forward, I suspect that peer pressure will be the best uh, method of preventing the irresponsible people than anything. Uh, it'll do a lot more than any uh, regulation will do. Um, because a lot of what happens now with, with YouTube and that is about getting the likes, isn't it, and getting the views. Um, and I think, you know, if the peer pressure suddenly says, well, hang on, should he be doing that? Um, I think that'll have more of an effect. regulation. my personal
0: view, of course. Jolly good. Yeah. Right, should we call it there? Please. Before. Okay, I'm very sorry, Frank. Thank you. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. You've been joined by Andy slash Frank. Goodbye. That whining noise that sounds like a PC fan's got a bit of dust stuck in it was Andy RC. Do I
2: do I sound that bad? Really? Good evening. Uh,
0: just a northern accent, mate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing at all wrong with a northern accent. I was gonna say, and uh, Andy sounds. Much more north than me, so I'm convinced.
4: You. I, I'm convinced i haven't got an accent, you lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm
0: the same. Uh Yep. ID from the BMFA. Uh, thanks, everyone. No worries. NJ Tech. Okay, guys. See you next week. My little toner. Bonjour. Au revoir. And everyone's favourite curry kittens. <laughs> Goodbye. And I've been Jack, Bright to Life Light. Thank you guys for all your donations. Please don't forget that we need to survive. And if you can, throw a few coffers into the Patreon. You get bonus content, giveaways, and naked photos of Tony. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>